Welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. We're a group of friends that love talking comics and all that it entails. Uh, we're based out of Dallas, so you'll hear us talk about how these comics make up a part of our daily lives, including our local comic shop, conventions, and other forms of entertainment. Welcome. Hey now, we uh, have a very special episode today. We have another one of our Letter Pages episode where I find an interesting person in the comic book world and I bring them on and try to talk to them about comics and make it sound like an interview, but we'll see what we have. Um, today's guest is Mr. Mike Rappin. Uh, how are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, man. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I want to I wanna thank you for uh, taking the time to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done one of these since a long time ago, since we did one with Kyle and I was trying to figure out how to record remotely for, you know, cases like this, mm-hmm. who, who knew that it would come in so handy to learn how to record remotely in the <laughs> yeah. next few months. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was like, you know, you had no choice, but to get up to speed as quickly as possible. Exactly. So, uh, but for our audience, which is, you know, massive legion, our, you know, our legion of audience, <laughs> um, yeah. They may not be familiar with who you are, so can you tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, what you're working on at the moment, and how you're involved with with comics and stuff like that? For sure. Uh, so yeah, as Danny said, uh, my name is Mike Rappin. I am the host of the I Read Comic Books podcast. It's a five-year-long running podcast where I, as well as two out of my nine regulars come on and talk to talk about comic books with me. Um, we've had you know various guests all the way from Kieran Gillen to Alex Campy, uh, Vita Ayala, a handful of different people um, on our show uh, over the years. But we mostly get together and talk about what comics we've been reading, what comics we're excited for, and a specific comics topic. And the show has been weekly for five years and it's the wildest thing to actually say that out loud but on top of that i am a web developer by day so i spend all my time on the computer and when i'm not doing that i'm playing dungeons and dragons or reading comic books and uh my whole life is basically living and breathing comic books when i'm not actually writing programs which is a whole different other side of my brain but uh that's that's pretty much me okay well let's uh let's first talk about how did you you know, we have to do an origin story because it is a comic books podcast. Of course, of course. So how did you get into, you know, comic books and graphic novels and all that stuff? Yeah, so my my foray into comics is, is kind of weird because I know a lot of people, they like grew up with comics or they watched a lot of like cartoons and stuff that like eventually led them to comics. And as a young kid, like I watched the X-Men TV series and I remember being really into Gambit. I was like, oh man, a guy that throws cards. Like I wasn't into anything else about the show, you know, like the psychic powers and people flying around. I just wanted to be the guy that threw cards. That was the the simple pleasure. Um, and, but beyond that, you know, like I, I watched the cartoon show and then I grew up, I went to high school and all that stuff. I really wasn't into comics at all. I, I like nerdy stuff. I was really obsessed with Star Wars, especially Empire Strikes Back. Um, so I read some Star Wars novels, but I never really got into comics until I was like 16 years old. And this to me is like the weirdest story, but I was in a Barnes and Noble with a friend of mine and it was like maybe two or three days from my birthday. And this guy 
you know, we were poor, like kids. We just, we didn't have jobs or anything like that, but he insisted he wanted to buy me a birthday present. And I was like, okay, man, like what? I don't know. Like you put me on the spot. He's like, well, I want to get you something. I was like, okay. So we're walking through the backside of Barnes and Noble. And I was like, here, get me this X-Men book. And it happened to be uncanny X-Men masterworks volume two. I still have it on my shelf to this day. Cause it turned out to be one of the comics that really set me off into this wild world of comic books. Um, but he grabbed me this book and I was like, cool, thanks. And I felt so awkward about it because yeah. he just wanted to give me a gift. And it was very nice. Like it was a very nice gesture, but I just like didn't know what to do about it. So fast forward to me actually sitting down with this book because I didn't know what the hell I picked up. Sorry, curse words. Um, I didn't oh, know it's okay. It, we, we earn our explicit tag every episode. <laughs> okay. So I didn't know what this book was. So I sat down, I read it, and I was like, wait, this is the middle of a story. I got volume two. So I went back to Barnes & Noble that weekend, picked up volume one read Uncanny X-Men Masterworks Volume 1, which for some reason contained like the giant size X-Men. It wasn't like X-Men 1 volume, or issue right. 1. It was giant size X-Men plus like the story that followed that. Where So now the story is Cyclops, Nightcrawler, and Wolverine, and all the characters that, to me now I'm like, these are the core X-Men characters beyond Beast and Angel and so on and so forth. And from there, I was like, well, there's, there's got to be other stuff. So I was looking for, I thought everything started with volume one. I was like, oh, if you get volume one, that's the beginning of the story. It turns out it's, that's not the truth, Danny. <laughs> so I, I end up going and I find Grant Morrison's new X-Men. It's one of the first X-Men books I ever picked up. I yeah. buy, buy volumes one through seven because while I said I didn't have any money, I think very shortly after I had gotten a part-time job and I spent all my money on candy, McDonald's and X-Men comics. <laughs> so the essentials. Yeah, the essentials. And so, you know, I buy this X-Men book and, and uh, I didn't really know what the hell was going on. I read it and I read it and I read it. And then I go back to Barnes and Noble to see if there was more, if there was like stories that came before that, because I didn't really have the internet to look this stuff up or where to find anything, though uncannyxmen.net was like my best friend. But anyways, I, so I think you were going to go back to return it like, hey, this comic is broken. This doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> you know, no, the thing is, I had such a weird thing. I was like, I, I you know, I did, don't have the whole story. I might as well go buy the whole story right now. So I went to go back to Barnes and Noble to find it and I couldn't find it. Instead, I came across Walking Dead volumes one through four. Oh, pick up Walking Dead volumes one through four. Again, spending all my money on comics like an idiot. Um and then well, I also, I mean, nowadays I spend all my money on comics and it's part of a thing that I do. It's but, an investment. Uh, yeah. Uh, but still, so I spent all my, my, my very little bit amount of money on comics. And I also bought this huge collected edition of Brian Michael Bendis's Ultimate Spider-Man run. Now, I knew who Spider-Man was, but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know that this was the ultimate line and that it was different than the regular. And I was like, oh, it's a brand new story. It starts out with Peter Parker getting bit. And so like from those books onward, right? Like I continue to buy Walking Dead. I start buying Invincible because there's ads inside these trades of, of Walking Dead for mm -hmm. Invincible and all sorts of different other image books. I end up buying Battle Pope, which is also a Robert Kirkman book about like this super jacked Pope in the apocalyptic future and his sidekick is Jesus. Pretty offensive book if you're a religious person. Um, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Um, I end up buying more Ultimate X-Men. I find out there's a whole Ultimate line. I start buying Ultimate Fantastic Four, Ultimate Daredevil. And, and like my 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 breadth of what I was spending my money on on comics was problematic to the point where I'm I found out about DCBS online and I have a friend who's got a debit card who can if I give him twenty dollars now, he'll buy me this trade paperback and have it shipped to my house. It was a it was wild. So 
I it was very much into comic books in high school, and then I get to college and I have no money because I have no job. I, right? I didn't I'm know you could launder school. comics. It's so yeah, weird. It was, it was a process. Like I, I am, I am very ashamed of the fact that I had created an Amazon account and lied on the internet that said I was 18 years old. Oh no, I was only 16 or 17 years old. Danny, it was, it was a, it was a whole. Thing. You know, most kids lie in other websites. The fact that you're doing it on Amazon, I think you're forgiven. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's funny because I was looking at my Amazon account the other day and they're like, you've been a member for, you know, 17 years. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I think it was like 15 years or something like that. But either way, it was I was too young um, to have had one. And so, yeah. So beyond that, so, you know, I'm reading all these books. I go to college. I don't have a lot of money. So I'm borrowing stuff from the library, getting stuff from friends and one thing leads to another and a friend of mine and I, we realized we're reading a lot of comics together and we're talking about comics all the time. So we weren't really into podcasting. I mean, we were into podcasting. That's a whole other story, but we weren't really thinking that we could make a comic book podcast. Instead, we started up this website. It's called destroy the cyborg and it's the website was destroy the cyb.org. So it's spelled out the word destroy the cyborg. Oh, I trust me. I love the fact when I discovered the podcast and I, oh, yeah, right, right, right. I went to the website because I think I still caught the tail end of the website. Like, I was like, oh, this is the coolest shit. Like, did nobody else think to do a website with cyb.org on it? <laughs> I know. I felt so clever, man. I sat on that domain for a long time. But anyway, so we have this site running. And we start, we're writing like two to three comic book reviews a day each, right? So we're like churning out content, not doing homework in college, just writing comic book reviews. And they are the worst comic book reviews. I went back and looked at some of those from like 2007, 2008. Not good stuff. It's just a quick summary of the story, um, a paragraph about the art, and then we were done. It was not not good reporting by any means. But um, so we did that for a long time, and then like by the tail end of that, I ended up talking to a friend of mine who was like on and off working for me. And I say working for me. At one point, I had thirty people writing for this site, Danny. As like a twenty three year old kid, um, I had like thirty people writing for this site, and they were Dude, all like, "I can't, I can't wait for the biopic." Yeah, <laughs> the, the the rise and fall of Mike Rapid. It's the, it's the rise and fall of Destroy the Cyborg. Yeah, right, right. Like, like the thing is, like the site's fluctuation of content was crazy. I'm giving yeah. you like a way bigger story than you're asking for, but um, so we by the tail end of the site, I wasn't well, I wasn't writing at all. I was mostly just editing, and I was mostly just trying to harp on people to get their articles in, um, because I wasn't paying anybody. It was all volunteer basis. Okay. Um, and so I'm just asking people, you know, could you please get this article in before Friday? Because I'd like to post it for the weekend, and um. We had like a whole thing. And at one point I ended up going out to a bar um, with a friend of mine and he's, you know, he and I would always talk about comics. That's all we would do. And I was like, dude, just write me an article. This is a great conversation. I love what you have to say about comics. So we're sitting down, we're having a beer. He goes, Mike, you got to understand. I don't, I don't, I don't want to write comics. I want to do a podcast. I think you should do a podcast for your site. Have me on sometimes, but you run it. You're the person that runs the site. You should be the person that runs the podcast. I was like, okay, cool. That guy flakes. He disappears off the face of the earth. <laughs> um, and I've got this idea in my head and I talked to my buddy Xander and I said, Hey man, if I did a podcast, would you edit it? I'm like I can't edit to save my life. Cause I had been doing podcasts on and off for like five or six years and it, they never went past episode 13 mm -hmm. and i was like but i want to do this one for real could you edit it if i did all the other prep work i just need you to make the audio sound good and he's like yeah sure um that shouldn't be too much and i was like okay fine um and this is xander he's he's the godsend he's the person that if without without him we wouldn't have the show um in a lot of ways and uh so yeah we we started the show we started the podcast with just me and nick and paul and then 
as time went on, I met new people. I, like I started the podcast and then four months later, I moved to New York. It was a wild thing. So as we were recording things in real life. Success. That's, the- that's called success, right? <laughs> right. Well, because yeah, I get a job in New York going to work for Comixology. And so I had to fly out there and then we immediately have to figure out how do we record the show remotely. And so we figured that out and... It wasn't great. Like some of the old episodes, I'm recording audio from Nick over this really bad VoIP service and it sounds kind of tinny. But uh, as, then, as time went on, you know, like we started, I started meeting people like Kara and Tia and I knew some people, Brian and Kate and Renee, yeah. and then they all just kind of fell into the show. And now we have this rotating guest of, of a rotating list of people that come on and it's allowed us to make what I consider to be pretty fresh content for five years it's 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 wild that's that's my very super long-winded you know story about how we got into it well look listen i think you know one of the the reasons i started the podcast was because i was listening to what you guys were doing and i was like Mm -hmm. well i want to do something like that i just needed to find the right crew and then you know it it came stuff happened at the right time for me too where i met the guy that i do the podcast with now so Mm -hmm. i i completely understand you and kevin smith are my podcast inspirations. Oh, geez. That's Danny. I think you're putting me really high up. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I mean, even, I appreciate it. That's actually very nice. I really appreciate that, man. Even Kevin Smith doesn't do a weekly podcast without fail. All right. So. <laughs> we, we have, I don't know what it is. We've somehow managed to make sure. I think we missed one week in five years. Honestly, um, it's, it's wild. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. I don't think ever since I started listening, it's been like, oh, just new stuff and new topics. And I'm like, and I'm over here sitting every week like, what am I going to, what are we going to talk about this week? <laughs> so I don't know how the, how you've been able to find the topic for the past five years. And, and it's it, it's never been like a topic that I'm like, well, this is dumb. I'm not going to listen. Like, you know, like. Thank you. That's I, like I said, that's very nice, man, because it's 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 a struggle. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's it's definitely something that. Um, I have to work on a lot. Like it, it's usually me coming up with topics. Um, mm-hmm. probably like 75% of the time, I think folks on the show, they'll usually come to me with a topic. You know, very recently we just recorded an episode all about Firefly comics. Um, and one of the people that's on the show regularly, Kate, um, she, she really loves Firefly, the series. She really loves all the comics and she's obsessed with it. And, um, she, really wanted to talk about it. And I was like, cool, I'll, you know, I like Firefly. I'm definitely willing to put in the time to look into it. And so we'll do episodes like that. But then I've got, you know, topics like how do we discuss something like the male gaze in comic books? Mm -hmm. And like that's I don't think that's a topic that I would have come up on my own or come up with on my own. But, you know, I've got people like Tia and Kara and Paul who are really academically minded um, about comics. And that's what the thing that I really love about our show is that we've got all these varying minds who approach comics in, sometimes in the same way, sometimes in vastly different ways. And so when we do the switcheroo of pairing people up, you know, if I put a, you know, um, Kara on with Renee, it's a wild exchange of conversation because they're both so like very high energy people and they're very excited about comics um, compared to if I put, you know, Brian and Kara on the show and then it's a little bit more toned down, but the passion is still really there. Yeah. So mixing things up is is one of the key components. I don't think we could do our show with only like, three people or four people um we need to have that range right. otherwise i don't we wouldn't be able to keep it interesting you know yeah you know and i think you know, overall it's a very diverse like group of, of individuals that you've kind of assembled mm-hmm. and uh, you know try to mix and match uh i just picture um i don't know if you read hickman's avengers with his avengers wheel <laughs> like you sitting at home yeah. like oh yeah, what, man. 
what's the best I mean, combination to tackle this topic or whatever you know well no and that that honestly is how we i go about it we have an, an ongoing google doc of just topics we have discussed topics that we want to discuss um level of involvement for them some of them are like you know find you know read all of so and so's work from these years and let's discuss it that's that's a time investment you know mm -hmm. so i can only put certain people on there who i know have an interest and are willing to put in that time um and so it's it's interesting because I have to craft the topics around the people um, or vice versa. Usually I'll be like, oh, I know that, you know, Kate and, and Kate and the two Kates are going to be on a show, an episode together. So let's find a topic that I know is going to interest them both and see how they explore it. And then when I jump in, I'm usually just the mediator um, or if in some cases um, I will have a very strong opinion about something and then I'll change the direction of, yeah. the, of the episode. But um, I usually try to play semi-neutral on our show and let the the two regulars kind of come in with a lot of the the vigor and then i usually feed off of that energy and it, that's that kind of is what makes the show yeah and another thing i appreciate is that you're also willing to step back and let you know like have an episode with a mic like you know <laughs> yeah yeah like, well yeah that, I, I can't do that my ego won't allow me to have an episode <laughs> without myself well it's it, you know i i'm it's something that i we've been experimenting with over the last like two-ish years um, and that's really come into play with the minisodes that we do over the summer. Like every mm -hmm. July, we just take the month off. So we record a bunch of episodes in advance. And it's kind of a like, all right, dad's going to let the kids stay home tonight. And let's, and then he's going to come home and he's going to see what happened. Uh, but, uh, you know, at this point, you know, I can I can comfortably let folks just kind of run with the show. Yeah. They understand the format. They understand the length of things and how it's all supposed to work. And don't get me wrong. There are episodes where we kind of step back and we go, man, that could have been better. Um, but we learn from those. And I think that's like a constant thing we have, you know, usually when people are on the show, usually we discuss like, okay, well, how was my last episode that I was on? Or I'm feeding people bits and notes of pieces and how we're trying to tweak the show a little bit to yeah. make it a better based off of past learnings. And, you know, we never look at a failure and go, man, we, we, we really fucked up and we're, we're never going to be able to recover from that. Um, because we, we've never done anything so, so bad. I mean, in a one rare circumstance, for some reason we lost the second half of an episode. And so we had to like quick jump and insert a random thing. And so, um, but like we we learn from that. It's like, okay, well, why did that happen? What can we do to prevent it in the future? And that's a technical learning right. versus, you know, a how do we improve the dialogue back and forth to people? How do we make sure people don't jump over each other and talk over each other? And a lot of that comes from working together for five years. You learn people's mannerisms and the way that they speak. You know that someone's going to be done with the thought when they punctuate it in a certain way. You know it's safe to jump in at that point. So um, a lot of that comes with familiarity. A lot of that just comes from learning over time. And me or Xander usually jumping in and going, stop fucking talking over each other. <laughs> well, listen, I, I know that this seems like a well-oiled machine that I got running over here. Uh, but we just started doing show notes this year. Oh man! <laughs> so it's helped out a lot. Uh, you know, I mean, just so just little things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I think like one of the big things that we we learned early on. Um, at one point, I was trying to be very hands off about who wanted to be on the show, and I was kind of just, "Hey, who wants to be on the show this week?" Like, was very like passive about it, and that was totally bad because I would never could never get people to step up. So instead, you know, I created a schedule and I started scheduling people weeks and weeks in advance so that they could block out their schedule and do all this stuff, and it wasn't last minute. And then we started sharing Google Docs around every week. Like, I've got a whole like the the behind the scenes of IRCB is this weird like clanky machine that somehow works every week. But at, when you step back and you go, Oh, that's actually, 
it actually looks like it should work really well. But then you look at the intricacies of it and you're like, oh, that's all just duct taped together. Oh, don't put, put too much weight on that thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's something that you obviously have to learn in time. Like you got to figure out what works best for the people that you're working with. Um, at our show, we found for the most part a formula like combination of Telegram group chat and uh, Google uh, Gmail like docs that we share around with each other. And it's it's worked out pretty well for us. And I got to ask, because how did you get the I read comic books name? That's so like I'm looking on, I, I'm looking at the I'm on Apple podcast and like sure. you got like you have like the best name in, in like comic book podcasting. So, I mean, Dude. next issue is pretty good. Yeah. Well, but like yours is to the, straight to the point. It's so funny that you say that because when I came up with the idea, I just had no, no idea what to name a comic book podcast because I didn't want to like, because the way that I was approaching it when we, I, I remember this vividly, my thought was like, I don't want to skew it too far one way. I don't want to be like, oh, we're only an indie comics podcast. We're only a this podcast. We're only Marvel. Only D We don't want to do any of that. So I was trying to think of something that was comic book generic, but also explained what we were you know so like i read comic books it's so on the nose it is the worst thing you could ever have for a podcast day because no one searches like i read comic books comes up in the weirdest way um especially in like interviews and seo so it's it's mm -hmm. a in my mind, it's a hard podcast to find. But at this point, I've hammered it enough into the Google machine that we come up. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that comes with longevity. That comes with consistent posting and all the stuff. Google can predictably know when your stuff's going to come out. So when someone searches comic book podcast, you show up much higher because they they can rely on you. And you have that keyword comic book yeah. right in your name. Listen, It I worked mean, out with us over time. That's how I found the podcast. Out. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was just like. I was getting into podcasts because I started listening to uh, 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 Jay and Miles explain the X-Men. Mm. And I was like, well, this is cool. Is there another comic books podcast? And I just typed in comic books and you guys came up. That's that is fantastic. <laughs> I, I It's funny because I feel like a handful of people have told me that over the years, like they just typed comic book podcast into, you know, iTunes or they put, you know, into Spotify or something. And we came up, which is bizarre to me because when i do that i don't see anything but maybe that's because i'm i'm inside of it you know um yeah it's i don't know it's i just wanted a name that was clear and so i picked the most generic one <laughs> all right well let me take a little break here uh and then we'll move on to talking about actual comic books how about that cool man i dig it All right, and we are back uh, with Mr. Mike Reppin from the I Read Comic Books podcast. Um, so let's get down and actually let's talk a little bit about comic books. Um, and instead of starting with the big two, because I mm -hmm. think, you know, everyone starts with the big two. And yeah, I think we, we moved past that. I think we're at a place where we're like, there's there's other stuff out there. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, how do you feel about indie publishing? Oh, man, I'm a huge, huge proponent of indie publishing. I mean, the vast majority of the books that I read right now are not coming from the big two. Um, I, I've, I'm in a post big two mindset. I think this happens to every person when they grow up. You eventually get over it. Uh, no, that's that's probably not true. But uh, I 
I don't know. Something about it is, you know, I kind of gave up on trying to follow all the big continuity events. You know, I got burned out by you know some events. Um, but beyond that, you know, I I just find a lot of the stories coming from indie publishers a little bit more compelling. I've definitely branched out more into reading more manga and and that's kind of opened my eyes to like the potential of comics um finding stuff from like fantagraphics and from drawn and quarterly some of these kind of indie publishers that have been around for a while um publishing things that you're never ever going to see at the big two like semi-autographic or semi-autobiographical comics um about someone discovering like who they are um, you know, it, publishers like Harper Collins and First Second and Scholastic are publishing things that are selling millions of copies. But as comic book readers, people that are like in the comic book world, quote yeah. unquote, we never hear about it because it doesn't show up on the shelf at our at our local comic book shop. Well, right. Jim Lee didn't draw it. So why would I? Yeah. yeah but like yet yeah, these people are bigger in comics as far as I'm concerned than Jeff Johns or Brian Michael Bendis or, you know, uh, G. Willow Wilson. Like you are you're not hearing it. So. What I'm trying to get at is I usually try to feel around like I usually try to find that section in a comic shop or online. That's kind of not the thing that I already recognize, you know, like going to the Comixology homepage and kind of clicking all the way through the new releases to see what came out. Um, I found some of my favorite comics that way. You know, Heathen was a book that I would have yeah. never found if I didn't just like randomly page through some stuff on on comiXology and go oh let me, let me try this weird viking book and then i go oh it's the best fucking viking book right <clears throat> i also spend way too much time on kickstarter and kickstarter's algorithm knows that they can just kind of shove a pretty book in my face and i'll back it um so you know i if you look at my kickstarter profile you'll see that i think somewhere like 60 percent of the projects i've backed are from comics because I have no problem throwing like three or four or five bucks at a book that looks like it's going to be interesting. Um, so I, I have a huge, huge love for that. And I think that's, that's opened my eyes to a lot of different creators. I usually end up following some people on Twitter, which a lot of the things that you'll know about indie creators is they'll usually try to promote other indie creators more so than they do like, you know, the next big X-Men event or Batman event, yeah. um, which of course then opens my eyes to new things, which means I see more Kickstarters, Indiegogo's, um, even though there's the the weird faux pas I think of Indiegogo right now, but um, still I think like I I'm way willing to just try something for a couple of bucks on in a PDF form just to just see what's out there. Um, and because of that, I think like when I see these creators go from hey I'm just self publishing my comic to oh now I'm doing a book at Boom you should follow me like I'll follow them and I, I keep up with that stuff and then I you know I I look out for things I don't know I I. Oh, I'm always on the eye uh, for a new number one that isn't coming from the new from the big two. So I usually try stuff like what's four bucks for me to just try a book. Um, and because of that, I think it's it's allowed me to find some of my favorite new comics. Right. And especially and to go beyond just single issues, you know, graphic novels are a whole different world right now. I think, like I said, HarperCollins, Scholastic, First Second, um, Boom is starting to get into this yeah. where where they're publishing these OGNs and like. If it wasn't for companies like that, I would have never found out that Box Brown is one of my favorite creators to ever exist. You know, his his Tetris, the games people play, I think is one of my favorite comics ever. Oh, yeah. um, and it's a simple graphic novel about the video game Tetris. But that's not like super heroics. That's just a dude telling a story about like like reading a, a prose novel about the history of Tetris. But it's drawn in comics because comics is the best storytelling medium, right? I, I really wish while we were in school there were more that we would our history books were more like that, mm -hmm. more like in mm -hmm. a graphic novel presentation because I think I would have 
paid more attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know? At least to get you started, right? Like to to start on this chapter about you know the Spanish American War or something. You know, here's here's a graphic novel to get you the the high level, and then we also have to follow up the text. But you find pieces of that story that are interesting to you, and that's what hooks you. I think because comics has the best ability to do that, um, yeah. at least in my book. Yeah, if you give me the Revolutionary Wall drawn in the style of like Berserk, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, um, so, what what are some some creators? You know, speaking of you know Box Brown, which I I also love the Tetris book. I think he's working on a few other projects. I don't know if his book about uh, cannabis is out yet. Yeah, that came out last year. It's okay. it's very good. It's very informative about the history of cannabis. Yeah, um, without being like a movie about stoners or you know a book about stoners or something. Yeah, it's not teaching chunk presents, right? It's Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um yeah, I mean I I'm a big fan of Simon Hans- Simon Hanselman's work. Um uh, Megan Mogg is some of the darkest weirdest stuff you can weird read um about a witch and her, their cat and their werewolf friend. <laughs> I mean like it's it's it almost sounds like a cartoon show and yet it's about people getting high and having sex and not having any money. Um that stuff I really like. Noah Van Skyver is a creator that I follow. I pretty much pick up everything that he does. Yeah. Um, I, I've started to see now you're making me just ramble things off the top of my head because um, I, I, I have a handful of books that I just want to look at my bookshelf right now. Um, yeah, I think like Ryoko Kui is a creator that I'm a big fan of. They they do um, uh, Delicious in Dungeon. Um, they also have like some one shot books that they put out that are pretty good. Um, I'm a big fan of Kelly Thompson's work. Oh yeah. Um, everything that she does is usually just hilarious and wonderful, especially it's over usually at the big two. Um, but her name usually can get me to pick up something that I normally wouldn't. Um, she, she Charles- has a, she has a very interesting sense of humor that yeah. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. with a lot of the stuff, like even if it's on a, a like a, yeah, like, you know, when she's writing Hawkeye and, and, or even, captain marvel now and i'm reading that star um uh, mm-hmm. book that's about like a captain marvel spinoff that nobody knows anything about so like mm-hmm. but uh, i'm enjoying it so yeah i enjoy her work as well yeah i like i probably wouldn't have picked up something like west coast avengers if she wasn't on it um i mean she earned all of my trust in the world when she wrote the the rogue and gambit miniseries so like i will forever always try whatever she's going to do because she she sold me well that's like if she wrote it specifically for you i think yeah, I think she did. I didn't. I, I didn't notice that there was a note at the end. It said for Mike, um, but <laughs> that's probably in the director's cut edition of the of the series. Yeah, you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know um, Vanessa Del Rey is probably someone that I really really like. I mean, everything she's done is beautiful. Um, like, I I wasn't a big fan of the series um, Shutter, but like the more and more I read of her, like with her art in it, was it sold me on the whole series. Um, Charles Forsman puts out books that make you feel bad, and sometimes I need that. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's nice to get kicked around by a comic book. Yeah, I mean, like, th- there's something to be said about the ability for comics to really make you feel strange feelings that you didn't, you wouldn't normally right. want to like bring into your life. Um, I know people get that feeling out of horror movies where they just want the adrenaline and being scared. I'm not that person. I more prefer to like feel sad and like. <laughs> <laughs> express you, like you chase the dragon in a different way yeah i chased the, the, a different dragon that is slower and um, more lethargic but um let's see nagabe is a manga creator that creates um uh the girl uh, the girl in the uh, girl from the other side which is probably one of the most beautiful 
manga I've ever read. Um, just from the standpoint of the use of the color black, which seems pretty obvious in most manga, but this book feels like it was made on black paper and she erased it away to create the, the, the characters that you see. It's stupendous. It's absolutely beautiful. That's, that's such a vivid image because I imagine like, yeah, the use of the negative space like that, it's something mm-hmm. that, and you don't see that a lot in American comics because it's, you know, it's all in color and stuff. Yeah. Whereas manga, the black and white aspect of it, and I think that's one of the reasons The Walking Dead was so successful. Yeah. It's because that yeah. that black and white atmosphere really, it adds another layer without, by not adding the color. Yeah. I mean, I concept. think that book would be too gory to be enjoyable. I think if it was in color. Um, Which the scene, yeah. the TV the TV show kind of, it was it they had to go that route because it's a TV thing, so it's a. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones factor, like the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah. That line because we are on cable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, AMC was just trying to push the limits, see where they could go. Um, yeah, I sorry, I realized that we had taken notes on this. I don't know why I was looking at my bookshelf. Um, uh, Mariko Tamaki, someone that I love, but mostly just because I I love both her and Jillian Tamaki's work mm-hmm. in general. Super Mutant Magic Academy is probably one of the funniest books I've ever read. Um, from a, that's a strip series turned into a graphic novel. Very, very fun. Um, I really like all of John Lehman's indie work, but, um, I don't like any of his big two work, <laughs> um, which I know that he wrote like a bunch of Batman and he's written a bunch of other stuff, yeah. but I've never been able to read any of that stuff and enjoy it, which is crazy. What's the, what's the last thing you read by Lehman? Uh, recently outer darkness. Okay. Um, his Outer Darkness series is stupendous. Did you read the crossover thing? That, is that out yet? The Outer Darkness. Yeah, I think I think number two is coming out soon. If that this week, next week. Now the comics um, have resumed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now the comics have resumed. Well, I don't know how. I don't know when this will come out. So you. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now we're recording in quarantine, folks. Sorry, um, but yeah, no, the, the Outer Darkness stuff is is okay. stupendous. I mean, I I can't I couldn't imagine. I, I can barely describe that book to people because of how fucking wild it is. Um, I love that stuff. Let's touch a little bit on other things that are not comics. Okay. It's still sequential storytelling uh, because we recently had uh, a book club and I think we all got kind of hooked on webtoons. Oh, okay. And, okay. And it was something that I haven't explored much of, but just, you know, looking at the recommendations that, you know, some of the guys were saying, and you were telling us, and Nick, like, I was like, this is this is such an interesting medium. So, is there any of those that you pick up, or or not pick up because you don't pick them up anywhere? But yeah, well, so webtoons weird because I I usually you know I I read a lot of sci-fi, I read a lot of fantasy, um, normally, but like with webtoons because the genre is so skewed, or it can be so skewed towards other genres like romance and and uh like action mysteries and stuff like that i end up reading a lot of the stuff that's just popular because i don't know where to dive in with webtoons and there's so many of them that like i'm lost and i'm like holy shit is this how someone feels when they walk into a comic book shop yeah um and the answer is yes but um with webtoons it's you know i do just rely on their algorithm to kind of send me stuff and um like i don't go digging too far so you know i read stuff like 
my giant nerd boyfriend which is a strip comic uh about this woman and her boyfriend and them living together and it's goofy and fun um and i i read one of the biggest series on there called let's play uh which is a very serious love triangle like romance story about people with problems and they're all in love with each other and everyone's hot and video games are involved somehow and it's it's totally not a genre that I normally pick up, but um, I find it really compelling and I, I, I get roped into the stories and it, it kind of, you know, I, I don't necessarily say that, oh, I'll never read a romance novel or anything like that. Um, but it's not typically a thing that I would pick up. But like reading stuff like this, it kind of questions my, you know, like maybe I should pick up a romance novel if it's, you know, really good or someone recommends it to me. What would stop me? What what's going to be so bad about it? Which is like a, a thing that I try to get into my head more often than not is like, if someone recommended it to you, you know, try it. What's what's the harm in you spending some time on it? Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody's ever come up to me and told me, hey, you should read this book expecting me to hate it. Like, sure, exactly, exactly. So, um, uh, but yeah, as far as Webtoons are concerned, you know, I, I, I wish that I could give more recommendations, but like I usually just read what people send me or what's like trending. I'll usually try a handful of different chapters um, of things. And it's usually just me sampling around and there's just a couple mainstays that I, I hold on to that are um, really gushy and, and romancy and stuff. But like, I find it very, very fun to read. Yeah. I mean, and they're so they're easy to read because it's like maybe five to 10 pages a chapter or something. And, mm-hmm. and the, the pages are, they just slide. Like, I mean, it's, it's really fluid on your phone. Yeah. It, what I, I've I've liked to read them on my phone more than the a tablet or a PC, mm-hmm. just because I feel like it really fits that format of like, this is it. This it's the perfect size for this. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think creators kind of know that that's the medium that people would will definitely follow this on the most. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's designed for that, and it's such an interesting. The the only thing sometimes the lettering is a little bit weird, especially if you come from the world of comics and manga, where the <laughs> yeah where the lettering is like you know for the most part, if a comic book is good, it's because the lettering is also top notch. Mm-hmm. So well, it's weird because some of those, like for instance, I I read the vast majority of the series Dice, and Dice is has been translated by a handful of different people, and they're lettered by people that to me look like they haven't lettered that much mm-hmm. um, or they're inexperienced. And over time it gets better, but some of the translations are wild. Like, and they vary from issue to issue even. As you can tell, they're really trying to speedily get this book out from the Korean that it's originally published in to um, English. And there, to me, as far as I know, there aren't any major publishers when it comes to webtoons and they're, they're there's a korean name for it i think it's called manhwa that they're it's actually called and um i don't know if there are publishers or if there are agreements or whatever because i know webtoons like an open platform and they pay you based on views and there's a whole other thing with it but um yeah some of these books get turned around really quick um from translations and you can tell that it was like a rush job oh that's funny because i just started reading guys this weekend that was one I, of the I, ones because dude, I think you'll definitely dig Dice, man. I think that's a book for you. Yeah, the concept was like, well, first of all, we just finished our our D and D campaign, so mm-hmm. I'm all over Dice rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it seemed really good. I'm on like chapter five or something, and it, just every once in a while, I'll pick it up. Um, and real quick before we move on to our last, I'll call it segment, but I mean this is just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um. Tell us a little bit of what you're doing with the manga challenge that you kind of set for yourself in the oh, past yeah. few. 
So I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like I'm not the type of person that likes to set resolutions. And then every year I go, I'm going to set a resolution. Um, and so this year I decided I would actually try to do something that to me seems doable. Um, one piece is one of the ru longest running manga um, that is translated into English um, out there. And it's published by a company that wants to make their, their books easily available. And so they have the Shonen Jump app. And I decided at the beginning of this year on January 1st, I'm going to read all of One Piece to get caught up before chapter 1000 um, because chapter 1000 without unless there are some issues is going to be debuting in 2020. And so my thought was I'm going to read all 900 plus chapters to get caught up because I think at the beginning of the year they were like at 930, 930 chapters and yeah. they come out every week with the rare exception. Um, and so if I, ha I had to read like 15 chapters a week or 20 chapters a week in order to get caught up. Um, and so right now, um, as of this recording, I am at chapter 412, and the series is at 980, which means I have to read about 500 comics in about 20 weeks in order to be completely caught up so that when chapter 1000 comes out, I can read it the day that it comes out. Um, it's a it's a huge endeavor, but I'm trying. That's That's my, been my big thing. Is So I'm reading like 10 to 20 chapters of one piece a week, sometimes more, sometimes less. Dude, that's that's so wild. Like, I, and not only that, I think you've got a bunch of people reading One Piece. That yeah, I think a couple of people are trying to do this challenge with me. <laughs> yeah, so. But they started in like May. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, definitely the best way to read comics or manga or anything it's reading a, along with other people. Because mm -hmm. um, even though it, it, you wouldn't think of it, I think comics is a very uh, it's nice. It's a nice group activity, and not yeah. the reading part, but just like the conversation you can have afterwards. Which yeah, is I mean, that's half the reason why I started the podcast, right? Like my friends and I were having these conversations already. It was like, what is? And of course, this is the worst reason to start a podcast in some ways. But like, you know, you're you're having conversations. Are they good conversations? Well, let's put our a microphone in front of us and see what happens. Now, there's a little bit more structure than just a conversation on my show, but like we were having discussions that were that are part of the segments of the show already. And it was like, well, what if we made this into a thing? What if we encouraged ourselves to think really hard about it beyond just the cursory? Oh yeah. I really like that issue of Spider-Man and turn it into why did you like that issue of Spider-Man? Can you succinctly describe to someone why they should read the next issue of Spider-Man, you know? Um, so yeah, to, to kind of round it all up. Like, I mean, that's the whole reason why I created my show. And now it's become this, in my mind, this, amazing accomplishment of five years of continuous content for people without fail um to that i'm ultimately very proud of like we've had our offish episodes but at the end of the week every single time i i finish an episode i feel really proud about it um and i'm really happy to get it into the hands of our listeners but no that's great i mean <clears throat> so i think one of the one of my personal goals i think it's to get people to read comics as much mm -hmm. as they can like you know, so from what we heard earlier from you, it feels like you kind of went at it alone to like get into comics and oh yeah, like, you yeah. Know, like, I mean, learn everything, go to the shop on your own. Like, I I also didn't have anybody that was kind of there leading me, so I yeah. feel I feel now it's kind of like on me to like usher the next generation of comic <laughs> readers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in that vein, how do you approach helping somebody new, like? When somebody comes up to you asking, like, hey, Mike, I want to get into reading comics, like, what do you, what's kind of your approach to that? 
Man, so it's it's really tough because um, I feel like recommending a comic to someone isn't isn't easy, right? Like you can just go, oh yeah, here's a Batman book. I really like this one. Read Dark Knight. That's the worst book you could give someone, right? <laughs> well, I should say the worst book you give someone is is Watchmen. No, um, but, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I I think like throwing someone in the deep end with yeah. Dark Knight is like super heavy because Dark Knight on the whole. It's an interesting story. It's a it's a take on a character that probably a lot of people that you know consume media probably haven't seen. I think now since the Nolan trilogy, they'll probably be more used to like a darker mm-hmm. Batman. But even then, I think that's a weird thing. And this isn't me just harping on on Batman. This is in general, you know, to throw someone at like a big two character with no context. You kind of have to like step back and you've got to go. Okay, actually, what kind of story do you want to read? What kind of stories do you like? You know, because if it's a if it's a matter of I'm just going to give someone what I like, that's that may not work for you. Right. right? Or that might not work for them. So, you know, if your favorite book ever is Watchmen, by all means, good. I'm, I'm happy for you. But like, I'm pretty sure that, you know, you know, Jane Doe that walks, you know, in into the comic shop is not going to enjoy that because there is so much history and so much beyond that, that like, it's not going to make any sense. I don't think it's going to be an interesting book for, for someone that's just getting into comics. So then it's, it's just a matter of what kind of books do you like? What kind of comics do you like? Uh, what kind of comic book characters are you interested in? What kind of stories do you normally read? And with that, you kind of mold some ideas um, based off of what you've read or maybe what you've heard about. Um, so it, which is, it kind of leads to a whole thing that I have in my head of like, I want to, I try to read as much as I can and try to sample all over so that I can, if, if someone does ask me that I've got an answer, but also to like broaden my own horizons so that I understand what's capable in the medium, you know, like someone like a Noah Van Skyver who writes these weird comics about hate characters that you absolutely hate, um, is not the same kind of story as like Spider-Man hanging out, you know, eating hot dogs with Daredevil on a roof. Like, the, the, but it's all in the same medium. You know, it's the same with film. You're not just going to throw someone in the deep end if they've never seen a movie before and be like, here, seven-year-old kid, watch Citizen Kane. Like, they're not going to, they're maybe not going to like that. Um, or if someone who just doesn't watch movies, you know, give me a movie that you would recommend. You don't throw Citizen Kane at them because it's just not going to work. And I'm not trying to put Citizen Kane and Watchmen on the same level because there's whatever, but um, Get it, you know what I mean, yeah, but you understand what I mean, right? Yeah. It's all about the person that's coming to you and asking them what kind of stories they like and then trying to find something that's close or yeah. exactly that to show them what comics are capable of. And then you have like, you've opened the door to say, now that you've read that, try this other thing. It's not normally what you'd like, but I think that you would dig it because you liked this artist or you liked this writer or you liked this aspect of that book. You know, like if someone really liked crime, crime novels, I would be like, here, read Sleeper. This is a book about superheroes doing like espionage noir stuff. Check that out, you know, and then you've opened the door to Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips and and all the other books that Ed Brubaker's worked on. Then you're like, oh, here, try Winter Soldier. It's superheroes, Captain America. And it's like that movie. But there's espionage, you know, because that person likes that kind of story. Yeah, that was a good door to open. that's what i'm saying i mean if i can get anyone on the ed brubaker sean phillips train i've done the world a service (laughs) and their books like they're they're collected books even though you only get like 70 pages they're so pretty to have on your bookshelf they're gorgeous gorgeous books yeah i would like i don't think enough gets said about like the design of books and the like all the hotspots or house of x powers of x like all the designs of the books Mm -hmm. like i don't think that gets enough credit because to sell a book, you have to make it look nice on the shelf. Right. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, one of the one of the things I enjoy the most about the the zine that you guys put out is oh, yeah. the, the segment of like because it's kind of the same approach I take. If you like this, then read this. Like you know, if you watch, uh, well, I was gonna say if you watch The Walking Dead, then read The Walking Dead. But that's kind <laughs> of <Yeah. fun. laughs> uh, well, great. Uh, so we're we're kind of getting to the end of it, but we definitely want to know a little bit more about Mike Rappin. So, oh, sure. Do you have any other hobbies, interests, like things that kind of are on the same level or close to? Because I feel like you're a very passionate guy about comics. So, what, but what are somebody round round Mike wrapping out for us? Oh sure, I mean, so like I said, I think at the start of the show, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a developer, like I work for a big tech company, and so I build software all day, which means that I'm like also keyed into things like cybersecurity and like personal security um, when it comes to tech. Um, so I'm a big proponent of you know keeping your internet data safe, keeping yourself you know turn on that two factor authentication, all that kind of stuff. Um, I can get preachy about it to people. Um, and, but you what know, if I use the advice? <laughs> Danny, don't get me started. Um, so I, I have a, I have a very strong passion about you know like that kind of stuff. Um, but when it's not like tech oriented stuff, I'm a big huge fan of Dungeons and Dragons and playing tabletop RPGs. Um, because I, I love the improv side of it. I love mm-hmm. the idea of getting into the head of another character and kind of just playing around and doing wild things, solving puzzles and sword and sorcery kind of stuff really, really is my jam. It's it's one of the a lot of the pros that I read is usually fantasy. Yeah. And, um, and you heard and, it oh, here. Yeah. I mean, we had a few different voices from my grandpa today. <laughs> yeah well that's I mean, yeah we so you know we danny you and i we play dungeons and dragons together that's yeah. my favorite thing to do as a gm is you know put on different voices for all the different characters as they show up because i i want to deliver that kind of experience to people and so it's a huge passion of mine to when i was younger i listened to a lot of like impressionists i don't know what it was i really liked you know listening to robin williams and jim carrey and all these actors that would do different voices and play different characters and i would parrot them and so i would try to do different accents and try to do different characters and stuff not that i was ever going to go into acting but for some reason that like that really drew me into their comedy and the different things that they did and so as i got older you know i would speak to myself you know you hear someone say something then you you start to parrot it to try to like gather the mouth shape and all this other stuff so that you can speak it. And I turn that into a thing that I do in D and D because that's like the only accepted output for that. You can't just walk down the street with talking in like a weird British accent to people because you'll, they'll find out. But if you do it in D and D it's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> so um, th- yeah. this is a, this is an audio medium, but, but Mike and I are on a call and he has a poster of the police Academy guy uh, <laughs> hanging behind them. I, I, I do not. <laughs> I mean, but that that kind of stuff like blows my mind is like the like I'm going to get all weird philosophical, but like it blows my mind, like the capability that a one person can have to to act and, and do those kinds of impressions, because it's something that something that just fascinates me. I, I don't know what it is. And so I've always tried to mimic it and try to do that. And I, you know, I parrot voices and I do all that stuff and I can grasp a. Uh, an an accent on you know on English and stuff really quickly um, because I've just like trained my ear to do it as a kid and so when I play D and D I like let that all out it's like a weird creative outlet for me that makes me really excited to do it also makes me incredibly anxious to do and and nervous and all this other stuff but it always ends up being a really fun time as long as I'm making people laugh and they they walk yeah. out of the session you know so D and D is like a huge passion of mine <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it comes down to. 
That's great, man. And I'm I'm glad that even in this time of like having to stay at home, we can still find ways to to do it, even if it's not on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I guess since since you moved to New York, do you have a local group or is it all people that from before? Uh, so for the most part, all of my games are online, but um, I moved here and uh, my wife and I, we were looking to play like an in real life game because mm-hmm. not all of our games could be online. And um, so we, I, a guy reached out to me on meetup after I signed up to this D&D group and he was like, hey, you live in this neighborhood. Um, like I lived in Queens at the time. And he's like, hey, we're trying to put together a game in Queens. Um, we should, you know, meet up at this public place and we'll, we'll try the game and see if it works out. And we've been playing with that same group. We've lost a couple of members, but like we've been playing with the same core group for like three years now. And we well before quarantine. We were playing in person like every week, every other week. Um, so we've been meeting up with people, um, which is a totally different experience than playing online. Um, but it's, you know, yeah, I've been I've been trying to get my in real life D&D on as, as often as I can. Great. Um, all right. Well, the the last question uh, that I have is, is there anyone you would like to have a conversation like this where it's just uh, getting to know somebody and telling people about their passion, talking to them about their what they're passionate about and why we mm-hmm. do the things we do? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess when I when I approached the notes, I was kind of like. I was just shooting for the moon, you know, like Gabriel Hardman, I think would be a person, comic book creator. He's to get into the mind of that guy would be really cool because I know he's got a huge passion for for movies. He does storyboarding, but he also creates these immense pieces of comic book art like Green Lantern year one. He did the uh, in, Invisible War, I think is what it was. Oh, yeah. Um, with with his wife, uh, uh, Kareem, uh, Corinne Bechtel, I think is her name. And uh, but it, he would be a fantastic person to talk to. Um, another person, though, I think would be Chris Arendt. Uh, he is the editor in chief of Comics Reporter, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm getting this completely wrong. But Chris Arendt, he's he's fantastic. He's big on in comics. He's got a lot of strong opinions. I'd love to just poke his brain to hear what he thinks about some of this stuff. Um, beyond that. The, the last person, someone that I think would actually have this conversation you could you could get for this show because um, he's a really cool guy and he's a friend um, would be Matt Kalowski, uh, a.k.a. Slim, a.k.a. Yo Slimbo. He has he worked on the Comixology podcast for a long time. Um, he did uh, a Faves, which is another show that he did for a couple of seasons, which is really fun. I was on an episode of that and uh, he now try? has a new what's that? What did you try for your Faves episode? Uh, we actually read and talked about My Hero Academia. Is that what got you into it, or you had already been reading before that? Well, I had been reading it okay, for a okay. while, but like Matt had never read it, and so it was a whole thing. And he wasn't even big on reading manga at the time, so he was just like, "This was a wild experience. It was a really fun conversation." Um, I was incredibly nervous because although I worked in the same office at him with him, like he and I never had a conversation mm-hmm. um, really, and so I was like, "You're just a guy from a podcast that I know." Um, <laughs> which, thank you for not being a total geek today. You know, I appreciate it, man. So. <laughs> I kid, I kid, I Danny. I, I kid. had to go, I had to go, uh, <laughs> yell outside before, like, oh, fuck. Okay, hold on. Let me. How yeah. do I talk to Mike Rappin for an hour? Oh, jeez. No, see, the thing is, Mike Rappin will just talk at you. That's the that's the whole thing. Um, but no, Matt Matt is fantastic. His his podcast, Seventy Millimeter, is is one of the coolest movie podcasts ever. I don't really listen to a lot of movie podcasts, but his is great. Um, but he's he's got a whole plethora of interest the guy reads a lot of comics he really loves film but he also loves chicken wings if you wanted to talk about chicken wings with a guy this dude is the person to do it 
Um, but he's also he's got he's big into his Jeep. Um, he you know he's really into CrossFit or he was doing CrossFit or mud running. I think is what he's into now. Um, so yeah, I mean the guy's great. I love Matt. Yeah, you had me at wings. Yeah, I mean, this guy knows everything there is to know about Korean fried wings. So if you got questions, he ne- he definitely has the answer. Great. Um, all right, Mike. Well, this has been a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, man. As, you, as you say, we are running out of tape. Uh, <laughs> That's a new thing. I stole that from Matt, actually. I stole that from him on his show. Really? Well, cool. Yeah. I, if we hear it on mine, then you know where I stole it from. <laughs> uh, it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely. Uh, but it, it, it's not stealing, right? It's an homage. Yeah, it's all just uh, very clever homages to these right. old podcasts. <laughs> to these old. Yeah, he was trying to bring in the new wave. But mm-hmm. uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, I, I think I like to ha- I like to do this again maybe after the One Piece 1000, see how that went. Uh, uh, we'll see, man. If I get there, I'm going to be celebrating for a week. I'm not going to be reading comic books for a month. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just going to take time off. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a good cliffhanger for the audience. For sure. I'm like, did he do it? Uh, but Mike, uh, where can people find you? Where can people find your podcast? And do you have anything to plug? Like, yeah. So, um, you can find me on the internet at Mike Rappin. That's just just my name. I'm there pretty much everywhere. Um, you can find I read comic books at ircbpodcast.com or on Twitter at ircbpodcast. Um, if you're feeling really curious about what's going on in my brain, that's not just comics. I have another podcast that I do with a friend of mine when we find time to do it called Getting Caught Up. The whole show idea was for us to just get caught up and hang out and talk. And we turned into a podcast. It's not about anything in particular, but um, it, we have a topic, but it's a whole rude thing. You can find that at gettingcaughtup.net. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I uh, f- come join the Discord and hang out with us. It's a really cool place. The IRCB Discord is lit, guys. It's lit. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate this a lot. Uh, and, you know, I'll talk to you later. And yeah, man. for our audience, thank you for listening. Uh, this will come out at some point, but until then, uh, keep reading comics. Thanks for joining us. You can find Next Issue on Twitter at Next Issue Pod, on Twitch at Next Issue, and on Facebook at Next Issue Podcast. You can find Clay on Twitter at Clay underscore Harrison. Kyle at Kylepedia, Adrian at Adrian underscore Harry, Daniel at Echo Spider, and Josh at Cosmosis. Hail Bebo.